It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wes Goldberg, Warriors writer for the Mercury News. And joining me also from the Mercury News is the one and only Dieter Kurtenbach, the, hey, our columnist and uh, guy who was also here at Chase Center. There was a lot of us. There was a lot of guys and gals here at Chase Center uh, for Steph Curry's return, the final score against the Raptors, 121 to 113. Not that anybody really cares because the entire night was about Steph Curry's return. Yep. From the moment he was announced, even before that, really, from the moment he was announced, uh, there was an air of anticipation, an air of excitement that has otherwise been missing here at this uh, arena that he helped get built. He didn't just, I mean, this is the house that Steph Curry built, and the buildup to this game just, I was just reminded of the fact that Joe Lacob bought this team for less than half a billion dollars, and now it's worth $4.5 billion. And what happened kind of in that transaction was, yeah, okay, he got a, he got a team that was down on its luck in a massive market. Uh, there's obviously a lot of money to be had here in the Bay Area and the Silicon Valley. But he also inherited a kid who was just coming off a rookie season and looked pretty promising coming out of Davis or David, <laughs> Davidson. So, uh, yeah, Stephen Curry, as much as Draymond Green deserves credit and Clay Thompson deserves credit and Steve Kerr deserves credit and Kevin Durant deserves credit and everybody in between deserves credit, this is the house that Stephen Curry built. Now, Joe Lacob won't tell you that, but this has everything to do with Stephen Curry, and it was uh, – not surprising at all that this place finally kind of got to a fever pitch, kind of figured out what it's about as right. a building, as an atmosphere when he came back tonight. Those first couple of games of the season, I think he only played in two home games, only got through one of them. Um, there was a lot of, I don't know, just anxious energy. No one knew what this team was. The right. D'Angelo Russell thing was clearly weird at best. Yeah, they also didn't really know what Chase Center was. Like, people exactly. were getting lost all the time, so the lower bowl wasn't always filled because people didn't know what portal to go to. Right, yes. So <laughs> now there's a little bit of tread on the tire. Right. Steph has clearly been out. Uh, we've been watching some really terrible basketball. Mind yeah. you, they play hard, so you can't be you can't be complaining too much. At least they're not actually tanking. Well, it was one of those. Effort, yeah. it, it was a sort of you don't know what you got until it's gone type deals. Ten thousand percent. And and you mentioned the fact that this is the house that Steph Curry built, and it is the house that Steph Curry built because of the way he plays with that mm-hmm. joyousness. Mm-hmm. Because it's he's an entertainer when it comes down to it, and that was back. Hundred percent. He missed his first four three pointers, and then and got he had a rusty start. He, he's playing four to six minute stints throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Played only what twenty four minutes overall, yeah, or about something 27, like that. Yeah. Twenty seven minutes over, yeah, twenty seven minutes overall under that twenty eight minute uh, minute restriction. But uh, after the second quarter, he made his first shot in the second quarter. This little right handed floater in the lane, right. And then after that, he had a couple threes, a nice falling away thirty footer. And I told people all the, this whole time, he's not going to look like Steph Curry the moment he got back. No. But he will give you some Steph Curry moments, and that's exactly what happened. Well, you also take into account that he started the game doing a lot of behind-the-back, left-handed passes, clearly trying to show it off. I wrote in my column for the Mercury News, like, 
he was clearly out to entertain a little bit. And yeah. I know that everybody's really concerned about his overall health and everybody's now apparently A-OK with load management and all that. But like, remember when professional entertainers actually cared about entertaining? <laughs> I, I feel like yeah. that's almost a lost art. And I don't want to yeah. make Stephen Curry out to be some sort of a saint, but like he wanted to come out here and put on a show. And Would he, you consider yeah. Steph Curry's influences Mick Jagger? <laughs> Maybe, I mean, perhaps. Okay. Who's to say it isn't? Um, <laughs> He also made his team a lot better. This is not a very good Warriors team. I right. mean, you have no Draymond Green out there. Clearly, you have no Klay Thompson out there. He hasn't been out there all year and won't be out there all year. You have no Kavon Looney. Uh, you're down a bunch of dudes. You basically have Andrew Wiggins, Eric Paschal, Jordan Poole, and the G League Warriors. And they look pretty good tonight, all things considered. When Curry was on the floor, his gravity actually got those guys open shots yeah. and that is not something we've seen from the Warriors all year they have been deep on the struggle bus when it comes to getting open looks Steph Curry comes in and they can't they can't even capitalize on all the open looks they're right. getting I mean it was open look after open look and they were missing wide open passes because there was good passes to be had they were taking good and passing up great that's how much of an effect he has on the game even before he started making shots that's how much respect the Raptors obviously give him that's how much he naturally pulls the defense's attention how much he naturally pulls the defense towards him nick nurse busting out the box and one again tonight yeah um it is it is really incredible we know it as someone who's covered this team now for six years you understand exactly how important steph curry is how transcendent he can be how transformative he is to the game of basketball not just on the court but on a macro level but not having it around for a while, you forgot how different this dude is than yeah. everybody else and how much he can affect the game in ways that don't show up on a box score. No, I'm really glad you brought that up, too, because, first of all, he gets on the court. The dude hasn't played in 156 mm -hmm. days, and the Toronto Raptors start triple-teaming him. No question. Because, number one, he's Steph Curry. The yeah. other reason is because they don't know who any of the other dudes are. <laughs> and I Juan Toscano <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> yeah. He actually looked pretty good. I think he could turn into a nice uh, 3 and D guy. You could do worse for your 13th or 14th guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think... I actually wish I was watching the TNT broadcast because I kind of wanted to hear what they were saying about these other dudes. Uh, well, Kevin Harlan does a great job, as always. I'm pretty sure Reggie Miller did not pick up a media guide. He had no idea who any of the other guys were. So him and the Raptors were on the same page. Mind you, the Raptors have the difficulty of like being in a different country. Uh, Reggie Miller, I'm pretty sure, lives in this state. So, um, yeah. Um, you mentioned how he gets his other teammates open, specifically the teammate that they are focusing on. They mm -hmm. aligned all of Steph Curry's minutes with Andrew Wiggins thereabout. Good spot. Uh, and that is going to be a huge development for the rest of the year. We're going to talk about that. But first, this spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League Spring Train. Can I take it from here, Wes? Absolutely, take it, Dieter. With amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventures, and incredible food, Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, and 75-degree temperatures. If you've ever been to spring training, you know it gives you a great opportunity to meet the players and get autographs before the game, but not as many as you used to because of coronavirus. Then after the game, check out the amazing restaurants and bars nearby. Plus, Arizona is known for its incredible landscapes, thrilling outdoor adventures when you're not at the games you can go on hikes hot air balloons even skydiving just taking that beautiful arizona sunset you can do that too it's a great option no matter what you love to do arizona has you covered and if you're bringing the kids arizona is a fantastic destination for families with family-friendly resorts that's good for families you need family-friendly <laughs> resorts and hotels that offer plenty of fun for kids of all ages from water parks to horseback rides and not water parks with horseback rides to games and organized activities although they should have that that would be hilarious aqua horses <laughs> that's what it's called we're putting it together Isn't this that is water my, polo? It, 
Exactly. So plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training and put your horse in the water. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. I've done that read a hundred times and it's never been that good. Thank you. Um, Andrew Wiggins. I'm a paid professional. Andrew Wiggins. 21 points, 9 of 20 shooting, 3 of 9 from 3-point range, 9 rebounds. I don't care about the stats. What did you think about how he looked next to Curry? I thought he looked finally at peace and at home with who oh my he goodness, was. At peace, there was like transcendence. He was. He, he this is a guy aligned who, his chakras <laughs> on the court. He, he just always in Minnesota. You could always tell he's like they make they keep making me run pick and roll. He I don't want to do this yeah, anymore, and man. He was so tight. He was so tight in Minnesota. I actually watched some Minnesota games recently because I had kind of forgotten. Much like with Curry, you forget when yeah. you don't have it readily apparent to you. And the Warriors um, were still running the Curry esque system. Uh, to certain degrees, when Draymond's in, it doesn't look as Curry-esque, right. and that's another issue for another day. But uh, they were still running the motion stuff. They wanted to do it at the highest level so that when Steph came back, there wasn't that big of a learning curve. Turned out that the learning curve is still pretty steep, but they did the best that they could. And Wiggins looked so seamless in that in that position, in this wing set, uh, power wing set in the Warriors' offense, that it, it, I kind of forgot, yeah, how rote and direct and pick-and-roll heavy it was in Minnesota. And and the thing that stood out to me watching him, then comparing it to a game he played against the Suns, is he just looked tight. He really, like, he looked physically tight out there with Minnesota. And so it's interesting that you mentioned sort of a... um, a, a freeing of the mind. He does look loose here. He looks like he knows what he's able to do. Like he's been waiting to play basketball his entire life, and now he gets the chance. No, that's a great way to put it. And look, every time, like Andrew Wiggins is not a smiler. No, and no, no. He, he's, every, he's, he's not a dour guy. He's got a, a great smile, by the no, way. No, very nice smile. He should use it more. Yeah. Um, he smiles every time Steph Curry is mentioned. How can you not? I mean, he's great. So yeah. I think that <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> he uh, he just he loves not like yeah. Was he the number one pick? Sure. He's never going to live up to the contract. He's never, never going to live ever, up to ever, the number ever. one you pick. He'll probably never be an all star. Never. Uh, over under on all stars one and a half. You take the under, but yeah. it's even one half. I, I think he might take the under. But it it <laughs> is a situation now where all he has to do is just run the floor. Yep. Get to the basket. And yep. by the way, this dude it, the the. He fits in with Clay and Steph in the way that they are so he he among and, and them they are so freaking dangerous when they don't have the ball in their hands because yes. he is an elite cutter. His timing, really his feel, his patience. Yeah. For and just like Wes Welker finding the opening in the zone. I <laughs> yeah. mean, he really. No, you're right. He knows what he is doing, and he just couldn't do that in, with the Timberwolves. He couldn't do it because they well, were they, like, they don't please really run this pick and roll yeah. over and over and over again. Um, jury's still out on Ryan Saunders. I think that... <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Maybe not. I think the jury came back in. They just haven't handed down the sentence yet. <laughs> um, it's interesting because in the very early days of the Kerr-Warrior system, right, right, Clay Thompson was the clear-cut number two. And there were still a lot of Mark Jacksonisms 
in the offense that the Warriors didn't really want to give up because they didn't want to shock therapy all of these guys. This is 2014-2015. And I remember very early on when I started covering that team, I got in at the right time, all-time, all-time lucky break for me. Um, when, when they would run the second unit through Clay, it would often be just you know kind of an elbow action, get it to him, let him shoot a 15-foot jump shot, which eventually became the most bait shot. When it wasn't that, when they were on the floor together, Curry and uh, Clay Thompson, it'd be Curry and everybody else running the offensive set until about 10, 9 seconds on the shot clock. Right. And then they would run that elbow action again for Clay, uh, either a floppy action or an elevator thing, so that Clay could get an open jump shot. And eventually they phased that out a little bit more, and obviously the game is spread out a little bit more, so now they're looking for more three pointers. But it, it is interesting. Um, because the offense is super free. You mentioned all the cutting ability. There might be some overlap there because Wiggins and Clay's game can be really similar, as strange as that sounds. Every time I see him kind of get a set run for him, those are Clay sets. Yeah. And so I'm interested to see how those two mesh next year. And with the elite cutting, I agree with you 100%. I think he has a really good feel for the game on the offensive side, and I think that was evident tonight, though his passing probably could have been a little bit better. I do think that that will come. I think that he knows he was missing wide-open looks to Stephen yeah. Curry. But and not to totally derail the conversation, if he can read the game so well on offense, how come he isn't reading the game so well on defense? That's really the next. That's right. if he starts making that jump, if I start seeing the help side defense, if I start seeing the defensive awareness start to move forward, and I don't know what would spark that uh, except for maybe well, time, I think, I, effort, and energy, like and, and not having to lead the team in shots. He took twenty huge. shots tonight, th- played a team high thirty-eight minutes, and that's gonna you're gonna start dialing that back when the team. Well, I mean, late. even did it, did it even feel like he he never he hasn't forced up a shot since he's gotten to Golden State. Yeah, I could probably name two. I mean, yeah. Uh, and maybe you know what? A handful. The, but you know what? You can't even say the word force because who else is going to take the shot? Right. So yeah. I, he's sort of in that zone. There's and still that's a what I say with that, like those clay actions where right. it's just like, clay, you're the only one who can make a shot here. Go at it because that second unit didn't have shot makers. They had a bunch of creators to get clay the ball. Whereas Wiggins isn't really a creator, though right. I think he's pretty decent with the no, ball. I mean, in his he, had, hands. he had ten assists against Denver. I think there is a drive and kick action that he could do. And look, yeah. he is so he's he's tall, he's athletic. These are the reasons he was drafted number one. Yeah, and he could see over a defense. I do think that there's going to be a world where he's getting he's getting the ball on a bent defense and mm-hmm. secondary action, driving mm-hmm. and then finding finding Clay in the corner, finding yeah. Steph above the arc, above the break, or something mm-hmm. like that. I think that's going to come defensively. I mean, Steve Kerr's been slotting him on point guards recently. I mean, yeah. he slotted him against um, well, uh, and that, Kyle and that, Lowry. And that's another thing that Clay ends up doing, right? Well, that's, and that's, that's the great and, one, too, with Clay and Steph. And that's you have Clay and, and Wiggins now who can basically sw- swap positions. Yeah. And that's going to be huge when Clay Thompson comes back on a bum knee, right? Absolutely. Because you don't want him on the ball guarding as much as that's he a was great point. in the past. And I think Wiggins has proven that. And that's why they are putting him on. The Kyle Lowry's and, and, he's, the other, a, and, and the he's a much Rubio's. and he's a much better on-ball defender uh, with that length and his ability to it move his feet. Forces him to pay attention. Correct. Right. He can get lax. He, he listen. And I don't want to hold it against him. I don't want to say that that's permanent for him. He's been conditioned to do this right. his entire basketball career. He doesn't have to. I mean, and this is uh, Andre Iguodala would talk about this all the time. It's a byproduct of the AAU culture mm-hmm. where you're entitled from a very early age, so you don't have to play defense. Who cares? It's right. just about getting as many buckets as possible. And then once he got to the NBA level, uh, clearly no one in Minnesota was going to teach him how to play defense. No. Uh, they haven't taught you know uh, uh, 
what a guy who has a chance to be an all-time great defender in terms of his skill set right. in Carl Anthony Towns. And he's oh, one I thought of the you were wor- talking about Josh Okogie. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, the, like seriously, <laughs> like Okogie came in, was already a good defender, might have gotten worse at yes. the NBA level. Um, so it, it, it's one of those things where I, I like a lot of what Wiggins – uh, showed in this game, I feel like there's a lot to extrapolate there, yeah. and I feel like I feel like, listen, if he was a guy that they had used the 17 million dollar trade exemption, if he wasn't on that massive contract, but he was just a guy that they were able to get on the trade exemption with a draft pick, people would be screaming to high heavens about yeah. how great of a find he was. Yeah. But because he has the reputation, everything's expectations versus reality in life, and because he has the big expectations, because he has the big contract, he's never going to live up to it, and ultimately, you're. He's very lucky that he found this spot. I don't want to be full light years ahead here, but like he came to the maybe one place in the NBA yeah. where cost doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, no one brings up the fact that Draymond Green, who's been pretty crappy this year, all things considered, makes $30 million a year. And that Steph is making 40. Like yeah. they spend money. I mean, this entire arena that we're sitting in right now is a testament to the fact that they can do it. They were never $1. going $1.6 billion. Yeah. And no restaurants outside. Um, they got two. They got another one. <laughs> oh, yeah. They just opened up Dumpling Time. Shout Doesn't matter. They time. got Uber coming. There we go. Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently. Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on. Understandable. But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office. Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building? Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash future of work. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. I want to talk a little bit about some of these other players, too, yeah. because you alluded to it earlier. Steph Curry running around, baseline, doing the relocation thing, stuff like that. He was playing too fast for him. They didn't. They had never seen anything like it. Yeah. And it was it, very clear that it's going to take, it's probably going to take more effort from them to catch up to Steph. And let's not forget the Warriors have cut dudes before for not being able to keep up with Steph. Right. Jason Thompson used to have a job. Now he does not because it was like he couldn't keep up mentally. He couldn't keep up physically with the pace that the Warriors want to play at. Draymond's only going to amplify that. Clay's only going to amplify that. So these guys are getting the ropes course right now. It's going to take more effort. We talk all the time about, oh, Steph has to figure out how to play with these new guys. That's right. Absolutely. These other guys need to figure out how to play with Steph. Because if you don't, you're out of here. Steph needs to figure out how to figure out how to play with the guys who matter for next season. Right. Okay. And he needs to kind of, but right, right now we're, we're figuring gonna... out who that is. I, I don't right. think that any spot yeah. is, is granted, including a guy like Eric Pascal who's been really good. Yes. He'll be on the team next year. His role could be dramatically different based right. on how he looks over these next couple of weeks with Stephen Curry. Same thing goes for Jordan Poole. Same thing goes for anybody. Juan Toscano Anderson, you know, Marquise Chris, every, every one of these guys, yeah, I mean, every one of these guys yeah. has something to prove. Yeah. And look, uh, this has been, this is this is a whole thing built around Steph Curry. The mm-hmm. offense is built around Steph Curry. It's mm-hmm. always been built around Steph Curry, but they've run the Steph Curry built offense right. without Steph Curry all season long. Right. And they've given a chance for these young guys 
to get accustomed to, okay, what's the, what are the play calls? What are our ATOs? Yeah. What, like, what are just the bare bones basics, right? Coming out of college, what do I need to know yeah. about playing in the NBA? And what do I need to know about playing with the Warriors and in this Steve Kerr offense? Right. Now you get to actually add that Steph Curry element in there. And you've been kind of preparing for this test all season long, and now you're at your final exam, and you got 20 games to prove yourself. And I think that there's three guys that we need to really be talking about. Marquise Chris, yeah. Jordan Poole, Eric Paschal. And when those guys are on the floor, and Steph Curry is waving his hand in the air, screaming, I'm open, yeah. they ought to get him the ball. Well, let's also take into account the fact that, okay, he might not even look open to those guys. It's happening mm-hmm. so fast. Mm-hmm. He's the only one who would go from one place to the other. He's the night crawler out there just <laughs> disappearing in, in, right. into the ether. Defenses don't know. His offensive teammates don't know beyond that Steph Curry open and everybody else is open is a very different standard you look at him he's not he's hardly the biggest guy on the court sometimes he's the smallest guy on the floor right he needs a nanometer right. in order to shoot these guys just have to figure that out through playing and, and they have to trust that if you get the ball to Steph Curry he has two MVPs and three titles to his name went to the finals for five straight years he's arguably one of the five most influential players in the history of the NBA, maybe the most influential player in the NBA when we're old men, we'll look back and say that like it is that th- it's going to be tough. Yeah. There's going to have to be a leap of faith. I'm curious as to when that comes through, because when it does and they realize, Oh, you can just give the ball to Steph whenever you want. It's kind of, he's kind of like Randy Moss. You just, just yeah. throw it to him. Yeah. He'll, he'll figure the rest of it out. And right. Look, but you also Chris, want to make a good basketball play. Right. And so yes. it, 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 you're having to almost override it. That's a great problem to have. Yeah. If you're Steve Kerr, you want everyone's instinct to pass it to the actual open guy and not the guy who's slightly covered. But, uh, and, and that happened a lot. I'm sure that tomorrow in the film, session they're going to show a hundred times where it's like well Damian Lee was open here or you know Andrew Wiggins was open here he was open but Steph Curry was kind of open and you should give the ball to Steph in those situations right because that helps us in this way and that way and this way Draymond Green doesn't need those lessons Kevon Looney doesn't need those lessons but those lessons had to be learned the hard way by all of those guys a lot of these guys are going to have to learn the hard way and on a really compressed schedule too which is going to be probably the most interesting aspect of all of it and that's why they wanted to get Steph back by the way that's why you want Steph back for even if it's just 20 games at least it's 20 games not just to make this place feel like it was an actual home court for the first time in a long time that's a really important part you pay someone 40 million dollars you'd like them to show up to work I I don't know again two guys from clutch shout out to Andre Iguodala yeah exactly two guys from clutch decide that they no longer want to show up to right. work and now it's become apparently acceptable in this jump led <laughs> economy and uh but steph curry you know he, he as he said tonight he's happy that he's happened he was happy that he was back in his happy place uh, yeah. even though this is on the other side of the bay and all of the memories went on the other side <laughs> over there and uh certainly the commute's a lot more of a bitch for us but uh <laughs> it is not for you, you not for me I I, yeah, yeah I, I have to cross the bridge every time i'm considering a small dinghy or a boat um <laughs> but it, the water horse, maybe? The water horse, absolutely. <laughs> my, horse, uh, my horse drowned in the bay. But, yeah, you get him back. You get some energy into this crowd. You get optimism for next year, right? Mm-hmm. If you can get some yes. optimism, if you can get people. Tonight, they lost. Everyone walks away from this going, oh, they might have something for next year, even though there's no reason whatsoever, yep. really, to believe off of one game. But Steph is back, and Steph makes you believe because nobody ever thought that the Warriors were going to be in a building like this with banners in the roof anything like this they were a laughing stock of the league and Steph Curry this 
baby-faced assassin just comes out and completely changes the entire way the sport is. There is a blind faith in Stephen Curry. It has been validated time and time again. You get some optimism around this team. You have the number one or number two overall pick. You have a $17 million trade exception. You got a couple of draft picks that you can trade away to maybe help bring that guy in. You now have a reason to think going into next right. year. If you combine all of those things, you now have a fan base that, by the way, is as fervent as any in the NBA. It was always the case, but the numbers back it up now. This Ratings are down 66% on TV. It's still a top-five TV product right. in the NBA. You get this fan base back. You get them back, and they're excited. They're, they're licking their lips for next yep. year. Whew, this is going to be a fun place to be, and this team is going to be formidable because their belief is something that legitimately, I know it sounds ridiculous and like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid here. I've seen it too many times. Yeah. I've just seen it too many times. I've covered this team for five years. I know exactly what it is that they have that not other t- that other teams don't have. They have a belief about them that you put them in a seven-game series with anybody, including teams that are legitimately probably better than them, they think they're going to win. They just have that little bit of extra something. But you have to now rebuild that. When you tank, you have to build all that back from scratch. It's not going to come back naturally. And everybody has a part in it. The front office has a part in it. The players have a part in it. And I think, honestly, the fan base has a part in it. In kind of fueling that belief for the players and making this place a difficult place to play. Oracle was a major factor in the Warriors' success over the last couple of years. It's never going to be Oracle here, but it got pretty loud tonight, and I think that you can be optimistic about this place as a home court advantage going forward. And you've got Steph Curry. He is the home court advantage. It was sort of, rooting for Steph Curry is sort of like riding a bike. Yeah, he was gone for 156 days, but he was back, and everybody knew, okay, he puts the arm in the air, and you you scream Warriors. He stands at the free throw line, and you chant MVP. This is how you go. This is the routine. We've established this for more than a decade. And so, uh, going forward, these next 20 games, it's all going to be about, okay, how does... How did they react to Steph? Joe Lacob, by the way, congratulations. You sold some seat licenses today. Yeah. Uh, you, you need them because you're going to be spending another $17 million this offseason and you got a number one overall pick. Exactly. Kevin Durant might be gone, but the checks still have to go through. <laughs> That's correct. Um, and for you and I, we actually get to watch Steph Curry again and some entertaining basketball, which has not been the case for most of this season. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts if you're on iTunes. Rate us, review us, say nice things about us. Thank you to Dieter Kurtenbach. You can read all of his stuff over at the Mercury News, eastbaytimes.com. You can't see it, but I'm giving a thumbs up. He's to giving the a computer great right up. now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Radio. <laughs>